Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your newest source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of game, there's a lot of decks you can play right now and still feel comfortable about it. Now, with that being said, welcome back to the RVA Returners Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and with me is Adam Lane. Adam Lane, say hi to everybody. What's up? <laughs> but uh, once again, for the second week in a row, we're missing our... Uh, we're missing our, uh, our, our 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 third wheel, our uh, our the uh, you know the head of the Voltron, as it were. <laughs> but uh, that's all right. You know, domestic life kicks in sometimes, and you know, sometimes you got to take care of your uh, your sick wife. So that's all right. But we got a lot to talk about today. Um, you know, we had a you know some adventures coming back from Boston. Couple, we've played in you know a couple tournaments since then. Uh, nothing big, just you know a couple you know the local weeklies, but have been you know they've been really solid. And then I think we're going to spend the bulk of the time talking about. How the meta's kind of you know it's it's pretty it's pretty established right now. Opus Five is here. We know what people are playing. Granted, yes, there's still room for discovery, but not much. Like most of the decks that are being played right now are pretty much what you're going to expect going forward until Opus Six. So, with that being said, Adam, let's go ahead and talk about um you know the drive back from Boston, and we stopped at uh, Fredericksburg at your hobby place for their uh, for their Sunday weekly. We had the time, so why not? Yeah, it was kind of it made sense. Like <clears throat> I think we brought it up. Yeah, I told him uh, at some point. Oh yeah, and I was like, I'll go as long as they don't mind a grown man in his pajamas running around. Because I definitely wore the jammies the entire drive back. It was a it was a quick drive too, so it didn't feel bad. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was still like ten hours. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, we just headed on the way back, got there in time, like an hour to spare. So. Yeah, we definitely jammed some games and uh. So what what did uh what did you end up playing? I, I I honestly don't remember what you ended up playing. So I ended up playing the deck the other deck that I so I, I had like two decks going into Charlotte that I had to decide on and one was Mono Ice, which is what I went with, and the other was the Carbuncle deck. Wait, you, mean, you mean Boston? I think you said Charlotte. Yeah, I said Charlotte. I meant Boston. Yeah, you just woke up from a nice power nap. So. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, uh, Boston is what I meant. So uh, yeah, it was the Mono Ice which I went with and the Carbuncle deck which I decided was kind of like I wasn't ready to play yet. Deck's still really good. Yeah, so I was like, you know, if we're going to go to Fredericksburg, I'm just going to play this, see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I went with that. I mean, I tweaked the deck a little bit um, mm-hmm. from what the, the guy had in California. Uh, I thought, when I saw the deck, I thought that it was really sweet. And I think it could still be like, like, well, I, I think it could be like a pretty big, like, meta-breaking deck, honestly. It, but I think it does, it is pretty hard to play. Oh, I agree. I agree. Because um, there's just a lot of lines and it, it does seem like it's a very reactive deck. Um you have to play a little bit slower and kind of play to the the pace of the opponent. At least that, at least that's how it looks when you're playing it. Um, but that's still not a bad thing because there's so many blowout plays in that deck. And uh, yeah, you went with that, and I went with uh, Water Lightning Knights. And because um, that's you know I'm a big fan of Ramza, a big fan of uh, you know I'm I'm a big tribal guy. In every game that I've ever played, I've always played tribal decks. So when there's one that comes along, I at least have to give it a shot. So um, <clears throat> so yeah, we um. So we, I ended up finishing three and two. There was five rounds. Um, my two losses were to uh, Steven and Lauren, both of them mono lightning. Uh, Steven just just blew me out. Now, granted, I learned after the fact that I think he misplayed because um, he was hitting me with Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh uh, S, the one that uh, a divider mm-hmm. with him not having four points of damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, he requires four points of damage for you to be able to attempt to use it. And I didn't know that. I'm, I'm still yeah. busy trying to learn how to play this deck, so I'm not worried about what his deck is doing. And when I lost to Lauren, who was also playing Mono Lightning, I lost because, I mean, when I say I lost because I turned my card sideways to swing, 
that's I all I had to do was say pass, mm-hmm. and then he just lo- or she just loses next turn. Yeah. So like, and, and it was clean too. Like I had nothing to worry about. Um, so yeah, just misplays. Um, how did you do, Adam? Uh, I ended up four and one, uh, and which ended up being enough for me to win. Oh, that's right, because your tiebreakers were better. Um, Jason, I think, was your yeah, only loss. Yeah, Jason right? was my only loss, and the game was like super close. And I thought I had it; like I was in control like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was able to just like put a Renoa down, and I decided to deal with it. That turn it came out pretty much because mm-hmm. I had a way to deal with it, and mm-hmm. I figured I was gonna win like in two turns anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't know that he was also running Bart's in that deck, so it was it was like Wind, Ice, Earth. I think mm-hmm. it's three colors. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. It might have just been wind ice. I don't remember off the, like off the top of my head, but uh, yeah. And Bart's had five jobs, and then it was just right. like, and uh, he was able to just keep my stuff tabbed down. And then the turn after that, he was able to swing through. Uh, and then by the time I was able to ready everything back up, um, I had to keep st- enough stuff back to like be able to defend his Bart's. Mm-hmm. He played uh, Shimhaze. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's what blew me out. Um, had I seen a summoner that game, I think it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just leave it upright and be fine, but I never saw one. Yeah. Um, but people were having a lot of trouble dealing with the carbuckle shenanigans. Oh, yeah, yeah. I noticed uh, your matches were just, like, just starter Yuna with carbuncle on the D is just, it's so strong. There's just so many good plays with that card in that deck. Yeah, it's I think nuts. once you get, once you get like two forwards out with Gravitron and carbuncle in your hand, um, it just gets pretty ridiculous. Uh, because as long as you know how to keep like moving the power around so that no one ever reaches above 9k mm-hmm. it just gets crazy so with like Yuna and Porum and then whatever else you have it doesn't even matter what the other card is Oh yeah, and you just filter the Gravitrons to like the stuff that's already going to push it above 9 and you just filter the Carbuncles into the smaller stuff and then eventually you just have like a board of like 9k's and that deck runs uh, the new Earth Cecil right? It does. Yeah, and yeah. That, I can't say enough good about that car. That car can just push through things, and you don't even have to worry about it. So, yeah, ended up having a pretty good day there at Fredericksburg. Um, we hung out for a little bit, then we came back. Um, life gets back to normal as usual. But then Tuesday night, um, you know, we're back into the swing of things at our, our um, you know, at our shop. We had a really good turnout this Tuesday. We had 11 people show up for our weekly. You know, we've really pressed these last three weeks. You know, having a $5 tournament where, you know, you pay your $5, you get a pack just for entering, and then it's pack per win. Mm-hmm. So, because we want people, we want people to at least play, and we also allow proxies. That also allows people to try things that, you know, maybe they don't have, you know, the three walls or the orphans or some of these new higher dollar legendaries. And it's like, you know what, proxy them up. We know what they do. Just put a piece of notebook paper that says orphan on there, and, and we'll, we'll figure out the rest. You know what I mean? And, uh, Attendance has gotten better every week. Strangely enough, not many people are proxying. Which uh, and that is funny. I, I tell them every time because uh, you know I, I think they just want to play with what they have and that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I that. But yeah, I mean we've gotten uh, quite a few new people. A lot of people asking us like what they think they should change their deck to. So we've been helping people with their decks like every week. Oh man! Uh, and yeah. then we have like the usual suspects that come out. Um, but yeah, I mean no one's been proxying that I've seen at all. Yeah, which is funny. Yeah, it is funny. Like you said, we do have to kind of tell them, it's like, hey, if you want to play, you know, an optimized version of what you're playing, you know, feel feel free to play what you're playing. But you know, you know, maybe you should try that orphan in there. Maybe you should try this card in there. You know, give it a shot. See how it goes. I mean, you're not. And if you're winning and you're winning packs, maybe you can, you know, either you know, switch the packs for store credit and get those singles that you need to fill out the deck. So 
we, we like giving people the opportunity to play what they want to play and have the chance to win, you know, to get the things that they need. But, uh, yeah, again, I, uh, so for that tournament, I decided to play Knights again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was four rounds. Um, ended up going two and two, and both of my losses were, once again, me not knowing the deck, or not knowing the deck, but both losses revolved around whether I should kill a Lua or not off of an Odin EX burst. And really, like, when I say that's it, that's it. That's the only thing that made or break made, made or broke those two games. And against you, I know you were one of my losses where mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to kill a Lua. I don't think I did. I think I killed Gilgamesh instead. Gilgamesh. Which, <clears throat> I mean, at the time after the game, you said you had all three Aluas. You know, you saw them in your opening hand or something like that. I, I, I had two. Okay. Uh, and then drew it to the third one. Yeah, so I think regardless, I can get over Gilgamesh with my guys. But at the same time, I was more worried about him being able to pump himself. And that's what I was doing the math on that, not realizing that, you know, turns out Alu is a problem. And if you have a chance to get rid of her without having to spend the extra resources, you just do it. Yeah. And my other loss was to a, a wind light, uh, sorry, a, a wind, yeah, wind lightning uh, Final Fantasy Tactics kind of, you know, hasty, you know, Weenie Hut Jr. is what he called it deck. Mm-hmm. And same thing. He had Adele and Alua on the board. In my mind, I was like, well, Alua's the problem. Let's kill her. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, man, I messed up. Because Alua's not a clock, especially when I have bigger guys that can block. Mm-hmm. But Adele's a clock. Yep. That card is the one I should have killed, and I regretted it immediately. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, between The choice between those two is really tough mm-hmm. uh, because they're both so strong. Yeah, and so a deck that runs both is it, it makes it hard for you to mm-hmm. try to figure out which one you have to kill because Alua is going to require generally like more things to kill her, mm-hmm. but Adele, like you could kill her with that first thing, <coughs> but also she's just going to keep making herself unblockable every turn. Yeah, you you have she she's a problem that I mean like I said she's a clock she's a problem that has to be dealt with before she can start swinging through. Alua, you can at least block. You can at least beat her in combat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I ended up going two and two. Um, my tiebreaker, and we always cut to top four. We would like to have more so we can cut to a top eight. But uh, for the first week ever, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't in the top four. But you know what? That was awesome because one of the one of the newer guys who started playing, Shazad, mm-hmm. made it into top four. And I was, I was like really happy. It was like a proud dad moment. <laughs> yeah, he's been playing for... Since the beginning, like right before Opus Five came out, he started playing, mm-hmm. and he's like really set on like Windwater, like YRP, and he's having fun with it. So. Yeah, and his deck keeps getting better. Yeah, yeah. yeah he keeps adding. He's another one. Yeah, I keep telling him like, if you want to proxy, man, you're well, you're welcome to proxy. Mm-hmm. But I know he's running like YRP. He has like Blitzace, Titus's in there and stuff like that. Yeah, he, he tends his favorite game, so he's playing a deck around and he's doing better. Um, and that just also speaks to like the way this game is. If you know your deck and you know the ins and outs and the routes and the lines of play, you can do well. Um, and that'll kind of be a segue into the next segment. But Adam, let's talk about how you did at the weekly. I know how you did. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I didn't lose at all. But uh, also, like, I think more people were trying to have fun. <laughs> uh, I know Drew was on Earth Ice, so maybe a little bit less fun. But I went mm-hmm. with Mono Lane just because I wanted to like. I want to keep playing the deck, so I realize, like, I want to realize if, like, this is the deck I should just keep playing, mm-hmm. or if, like, or at least, like, learn how to deal with it by through just playing by the it. interactions, sure. Um, because, like, <clears throat> like you said earlier, like, Alu is a card that, like, you have to deal with. Yeah. Um, Alcid is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, you got. I mean, the, the build I'm running right now doesn't run Zemus, but mm-hmm. Zemus is still very I mean, much a card, very real threat. 
and then yeah, like people are afraid to swing at you because you have like Odin's and Adidas. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yeah. And that, when you and I played, like you know, I, I I just to go back to that match, I had a really solid board state. I want to say I swung with Ramza, couldn't really kill a Lou, and first thing you flip over is an Odin. It's like well, all right, and then like it just. It the it just kept tumbling down beyond that, and it was yeah. like, well, yeah. The version I'm playing is like more of the faster version, like more like Andy Carmona's list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have like the Hildebrands are still there, mm-hmm. uh, Alua's in there, like uh, more of like the hastier stuff. Just try to like get ahead fast, force people to swing through to me, and then I just like kill them with either like ex bursts or punish them for swinging. Oh yeah, so and the deck's good. Like Mono Lightning is just a really really strong deck, but uh. Yeah, um, and I think you know I'm going to be continuing to use the locals, um, at least the, the weeklies, um, to to try new things. Um, obviously, I know you were just saying that you know you're still looking for maybe a deck that you can have that you can keep playing. I've already, I mean, I already have that because Fire Ice is definitely the deck that I'm going to keep playing because I've I've done well in two major tournaments, and I'm just you know there's no reason to stop until I'm given a reason to stop playing that deck. I'm just going to keep tweaking it to reflect how the meta is currently. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um yeah, so I think next week I might try um I might jump on my retooled Mono Earth or maybe I'll try like this Ice Water build I've been working on that runs like 6 and 12, really abusing Ash and obviously the good 6 cards cuz I love those cards. Yeah, I'm going to have a little bit more fun next week. I'm either going to play um like some sort of Moogle deck. So mm-hmm. I'm either between Ice, Fire, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Ice, Water, mm-hmm. one of those two. Or I'm going to play uh, Wind, Lightning of some form, probably. Mm-hmm. I think Wind, Lightning's good. Um, so, I mean, that, that's kind of where I'm looking at. Now, I'm probably going to try to have a little bit more fun. I just wanted to... Like, I've I played it a couple times, but, like, Mono Lightning... I've always, like, kind of pushed Mono Lightning to the side every time I go to an event, because I'm like, I don't want to play that. Right, but I need to like seriously consider it to be honest because I think it's really strong right now. Mm-hmm. And so. At least knowing how to play against it, because you know if they're sitting across from you and you know all fifty cards in their deck, you're like, well, I know what I can and can't do. I got to assume they're holding this. It it does it, it does help you be a more uh, well rounded player for sure. Um, so with all that being said, you know, shout outs to everybody that came to Tuesday. Shout uh, shout outs to everybody up at YHP. You know, uh, we're going to be up there next Sunday. Yeah, next, doing uh, next the podcast up there, kind of a little roundtable discussion with a lot of those guys. Um, so yeah, they, you know they do good they do good things up there, and you know I'm, I love seeing our scene get bigger and improve. It you know the players are just improving, and the quality of play at these things are getting I, like this past Tuesday. I think I made the post on Facebook the next day. The quality of play at this weekly, this past weekly, was far and away better. Than I think anyone. When I say that, I mean a lot of times it's just been me, you, Matt, and Drew, and we know the quality of play there. We're, we, that's that's to be expected. But we got all these new players that are coming in. They're 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 making smart plays. No one's making silly mistakes. You know, they're and then afterwards they're asking questions. Like the quality of play is better than it's ever been. So that's awesome. I want you know, guys, when you listen to this, please keep it up. We're again proud dads over here. We're lo- <laughs> we're we're loving it. Yeah, it's awesome. I hope, I hope it continues to like sustain and grow. I, I think there's no reason not to think that it won't. I mean, everybody's I having fun. I agree. Um, I agree. So. And that's half the battle. And we, we're we're getting more people to magic every week or on, on that day. <laughs> Two weeks in a row day. for the, the because Tuesday night they do their Star City like their Star City game night, and we've out we've outdone the attendance for Magic. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. One more. That's called a streak. <laughs> it's true. 
So we're, we're you know we're hoping to do that again. But uh, so you know that was fun. Can't wait to do it again. But now let's get to the meat of this week's podcast, and that's talking about um, you know what you know the meta's kind of been established at this point. We want to talk about the decks that we think are you know kind of rank them in order of what we think are the most potent, working their way down. Now I say that with a disclaimer. That doesn't mean just because we think this deck is probably the most potent doesn't mean that the fifth deck on the list can't beat it. You know, it's a best of one scenario. And this game's also really balanced in it's that way. It's super fair. And I think, like, <clears throat> someone could literally come in with, like, a build that, like, will just flip the meadow. Uh-huh. I think if it's good enough. Oh, yeah. Um, but there are decks that are just, like, very tried and true, I guess is the best way oh, to yeah. put it. Where, like, old reliable, the old SpongeBob meme. Yeah, you just, I mean, you know what cards are good. You play those cards, and they're yeah. typically good. Um, but like like I said, I, I do think that like this shouldn't deter people from like trying new things because oh, I think sure. there's definitely stuff out there that people haven't discovered yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like I mean like I like to brew things, but I'm not like a brewer. I'm more of like a pilot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like and I know that I am. Like I'm more of a person that's like gonna see what someone else does mm-hmm. and try to improve on what they do mm-hmm. and meet my needs. Absolutely. Uh, rather than try to just make something out of nothing mm-hmm. that ends up being like ridiculously good. Now there are players that do that. That's just mm-hmm. not my cup of tea. Well, and that's fair because you know not everybody does that, and more people are more. Like you said you're more suited to be a pilot. Um, I prefer to brew, but at the same time, when I find a deck I like, I learn how to pilot that thing to to its absolute you know mo- maxed out potency. Um, <clears throat> so. With that being said, I think we had, you know, as far as number one on our list, Adam, what do we say is, you know, as far as, like, the meta decks, what do we have as the most potent? So we put Mono Ice down as one, and I think that's a deck that a lot of people are, Absolutely. like, really high or complaining about, which means it's probably pretty good. Um, it's always a good sign. So, I mean, it got some cards in Opus 5, and there's a lot of cards in Opus 4. I mean, Opus 4 is really where, like, yeah. a lot of the cards came in that Agreed. put it over the top. I mean, it had things before that. But the, just the getting the Final Fantasy VI cards made it like so much more consistent and so and much then more. Flan. Yeah, Flan was also Opus Four, mm-hmm. made it hard to deal with. And then you get Orphan in this set. Yeah, Orphan Mateus. Um, Mateus um, is really good. Doom Train. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now, my dude. That's um, when we start talking a little bit about um, Fire Ice later on in the list. I, I've come around on that card. That card's insane. That yeah, card I mean, is insanely good. Going in and when I first like was building Mono Ice. I had, like, one in there, mm-hmm. and I was still running Shivas, like, mm-hmm. three Shivas, uh, two Mateus, I think, at the time, and, like, mm-hmm. two Zalera. And then the more I played, the more reps I got in Mono Ice, I was like, Doom Train is just insane, and I think it might just be a better card than Opa Shiva in yeah. this deck. Not that Opa Shiva is, like, a bad card or anything. That card's still even. really good. Mm-hmm. But I think now that you have Orphan in there, that is kind of like a 9K Shiva, but better, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, it costs you six. But it does the same thing Shiva would do, except it's an ability. So, like, things that can't be targeted by abilities, it's, Shiva's going to be better. <coughs> but it does dull and freeze, because most of the time you're going to have the five characters. Um, and at worst, it just does the Shiva. So having the Doom Trains instead of the Shiva. So I went with three Doom Trains, one Shiva mm-hmm. in my build. Um, and it worked out really good. Oh, yeah. And I've actually... Um, I- I've said this before, and, you know, in many games, when you start putting... Um, spell effects onto creatures you know now now you've got that effect on something that can attack you've got now on something that can block so i think orphan is just a better version of shiva yes it's six cp versus two but you play that shiva once and the effect is done 
you drop Orphan, even at his worst, at his worst, he's a Shiva with a 9k attached to it. So now, it's something you have to get over. It's something now you have to remove, or he will just finish the game. Yeah, most of the time, and I think I've said this a couple times before, I feel like when you play him, you usually win within two turns, unless yeah. they answer him immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been games where it's gone longer than that, for sure. But I'd say most of the time when I play Tess, he hits the board, in Mono Ice, that is. He hits mm-hmm. the board... And you're probably dead in two turns. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, because generally, if you have five characters out when you play them, or say you have six, six is, I'd say it's more, mostly six. Most of the time, my backup line's at three, and I'll have two forwards out, and I'll mm-hmm. drop them. Yep. Um, so that's three forwards out, and I'm building and freezing two things. Yeah. And I'm probably going to have a summon in my hand. So yep. it's 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 tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And then, you know, you've been dealing with, like, Setzer and locked the entire game so you, you probably lost a lot of your answers that you had to discard exactly and then that's why we think that deck is potent because it can play at so many different speeds yeah and then it's funny yeah that's uh that's that's a big reason why i'm really high on it uh it's funny we haven't even talked about genesis yet yeah which is probably the best ice card like oh, just absolutely. for value just what he does mm-hmm. um so yeah you stack him on top of all the cards that we've already talked about and like you just said like it's a deck that switches gears very well like you try to go fast on it so it can kind of keep up with you and then force you to pitch your hand while it's, like, keeping up and building with you. Because Setzer is a wall. Yeah. Like, you play Setzer, you better have a way to deal with them if you're a fast deck. Mm-hmm. Um, then with, like, more, like, aggressive stuff, or not more aggressive stuff, more controlly stuff, you have, like, Mateus and things like that to get mm-hmm. around forwards that are harder to deal with. Uh, Earth is probably, like, the worst matchup for it, but with Mateus, the introduction of Mateus... Um, it makes it a little easier. It makes them forced to have like a Titan or something yeah, in order sure. to get around the Mateus. Um, but it is a bit of a struggle. Like Yang and Guy can be hard to get through for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's just it's so consistent. It's 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 so good, and it doesn't really have any bad matchups. That's that's yeah. the thing. It's just such a it, I don't know, man. Like it's it, it's a like when you sit across from it, you're you really have to play at your best because even even like an average pilot can play the deck well enough that you you can't just you can't just discount what you're sitting across from and that's a big deal yeah and i mean a lot of strong players are on it too which makes it even harder oh absolutely absolutely um and then another so from that we'll transition into another deck that doesn't have very many losing if any losing matchups there's mono lightning yep um so you want to start that up yeah and i'm going to say right now and i think a lot of that comes from the cards they received in this set um alua alua is bonkers and not you know and here's the thing like when you look at her she's a, a three mana 6k so she's understated but she's got haste and the fact that she just swallows up a piece of removal that targets her not that's it, only if it's you know if it flips off an ex burst then it gets her but if you target her with anything that target like say you use a shiva to target her and something else the whole thing fizzles yeah yeah she she's a problem Zemus, you know, I think, you know, a couple people got shown this week, this past weekend in Boston that if you don't have an answer for that guy, you're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea is, like, you get the four backups, basically, mm-hmm. and you drop Zemus, and then at that point, they need an immediate answer to him, mm-hmm. or you're probably bringing back, back an Alcid or an Adia to kill a four drop. There's just so many ways to swing the board at that point. Oh, yeah. And it's really tough. And then, you know, another card that a lot of these Mono Lightning builds are running is the new Ramza. That guy, if there, if if you were to Google nail in the coffin, Mono Lightning, 
I'd be surprised if there wasn't a picture of six drop Roms right there next to it. Sometimes you drop that guy, he's a 10K, he's killing something, and he's swinging. Yeah, the, the trouble too here um, with Mono Lightning is compared to Mono Ice. So Mono Ice has cards where people will put a different numbers, and you might see a couple cards slide in mm-hmm. differently, like Thaumaturge and things like that, for instance. Sure. Mono Lightning, the build can be drastically different depending on which direction you want to go. Sure, there's score cards. is always going to be a 3 of. Alcid's always going to be a 3 of. Mm-hmm. Um, with Alcid becoming a 3 of, Onion Knight's always going to be there. Regetti oh, is probably always going to be there. Mm-hmm. So then, But then you have people that run more like... See, then you can branch from there. So you have like the builds with like more 13 heavy where you have like 5-drop lightning. Mm-hmm. And that's how you end the game. Uh, you could play... If you want to go a bit slower, you play Zenus mm-hmm. uh, just to outvalue your opponent. If you want Ramza at the top end to finish games, you, you can play that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go more monster heavy. You could have Behemoth and Azul is still good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Urianger is a card I think a lot of people are sleeping on. and a lot, Not everybody's sleeping on because people are starting to talk about the card. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could run him with like off-color monsters at that point to yep. do some pretty cool stuff. Um, so... I mean, they have a lot of options, and I think that's also what makes them scary, is because even if they drop that first lightning thing, yeah, you know some of their cards, but you don't know all their cards. Oh, yeah. Um, and then another, a couple new Opus 5 stuff that came in that I feel like are basically staples at this point. Uh, Cannoneer. Oh, yeah. Is really insane. And uh, Twilight Odin is in most builds that I see now. And the new Scholar. And the new up. Scholar. That card's yeah. real good, too, because that, that, that just makes, when you play Alcid, you drop a Lua, and then you can just use Scholar to finish the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't... Alcid Onion Knight isn't always, like, the best play anymore, and that's what makes it scary. You know, and again, I can't say enough about Alua. Like, I feel like nowadays you're either playing a deck that plays her or a deck that can just beat her. Well, the cool thing about, like, the faster version is, like, yeah, you play your turn one backup, and they're like, okay, I'm playing against Mono Lightning. And a lot of times Mono Lightning typically wants to, like, build their backups up. Mm-hmm. And then turn two, you go Alua, and you swing in their face. And yeah. now your opponent's like, okay, I need an answer to that, and it has to be active, which then mm-hmm. falls into the Alcid trap, which then yep. just, it's like a snowball at that point. Like, it's just going to keep gradually getting worse for you. Yeah, and then at the worst, it's like, okay, I need to put a threat on the board. Oh, here comes Hildebrand. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're just, like Mono Lightning is so good, and that's a deck that, you know, this is where, where, where Mono, this is one of the things that Mono Ice doesn't have, whereas Mono Ice is going to strip your hand and re- reduce your resources. Mono Lightning can just straight set you back when you attack because of, you know, seven drop Odin. Mm-hmm. Um, Adia. They flip those things over. It's like, cool. All you know, all that pressure you were putting on, it just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, which there's three of those in each build pretty much. Oh absolutely. So. Absolutely. So the deck is very, very strong and uh, if you know if, if you like that style of play, there's no reason not to play that deck. I just find I find it boring. Mono Lightning Lightning is my least favorite element in this game. But I'll play lightning cards because I love Ramza. Yeah, eh. I wouldn't say it's like the best, the most exciting thing. But at the same time, I, I, I want <clears throat> do you to, like winning? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the next one we have on our list, I think it just won Boston, which is Earth mm-hmm. Ice. Uh, still a pretty real deck. Even Opus Four is pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. That's because I played Earth Ice at uh, ARG Charlotte and ended up, you know, finishing tenth. And that that the deck I think has just gotten better. Uh, yeah, so you got <clears throat> Dottaluma is still probably like one of the core cards. Still mm-hmm. hard to deal with, mm-hmm. um, unless you're running water and yep. you have Minwoo in your deck. Because mm-hmm. um, just he makes things really awkward. He does. Uh, you have Wall now, who's really insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like something you really have to deal with within the first couple turns, or he's going to get out of control. Oh, because yeah. it's just going to be hard for you to deal with. Like they're bored because mm-hmm. they're not really going to be tapping to attack and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Opus Ford. 
Hecaton Chair, still one of the best summons in the game. Mm-hmm. The instant speed battle. Yep. This is really good, especially with, like, Dotaluma, things like that. And guess what? You're still running that amazing Final Fantasy VI Ice Package. Yep. Turns out, cards are really good. And you're still using Genesis. You're still using those great ice cards that we talked about earlier. And a lot of Earth Ice builds are, are running Orphan at the top. Yeah, but it's just like a Shiva. It's, exactly. Like, and it like, frees you up for the better Earth summons. Yeah. And a lot of the Earth Ice decks um, that I see that are topping mm-hmm. are not running that many Earth cards. Yeah. So it's like mainly still an ice deck but you get like the good stuff from earth like the dotalumas like the walls like the hecaton chairs mm-hmm. and then so you, when you slam orth you probably might you might still hit five. Oh yeah and then you know they're running maybe, maybe shantoto as a fail safe i feel like yeah. if you're splashing earth you're clearly running shantoto as a fail safe um uh, i know drew and matt brewed up one here that was really strong it was running like tama and gipple um which sometimes being able to tama in a gipple is kind of a blowout on defense yeah, you gotta be really careful when you uh, when they have Tom out. You gotta <clears throat> expect plays that you wouldn't normally have to expect. Exactly. It's tough. It's a the the deck just has a lot of answers, and even if you play a lot closer to the Opus Four version using like Vanilla and Delita, <clears throat> I still think that's a there's a lot of neat tricks you can do there. So the the, the deck has a lot of answers and can also play at multiple speeds. Very, it, it is. I it was it's what I would call like the textbook mid range deck of this game. For sure. Yeah, it's really good. And, I mean, obviously, it just won an event, so. Absolutely. So, you know, But I, I do should... think the player was also very good. Oh, absolutely. I, that's It's definitely a testament to uh, Matthew Okimoto. He, it's an archetype he knows and just really smart plays with a lot of the, the, the lines that people wouldn't normally think about. So, yeah, shout-outs to him and the whole group over uh, over in Cali. Um so then after that, we've got Mono Earth? Uh, monsters. Oh, Monsters, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monsters. Um, and I'm using this to lump several kind of decks into one because I say Monsters because they're, you can't, they're hard to interact with. And anytime you have a deck archetype that's hard to interact with, you're going to have a bad time because, you, you know, in this game when you don't have sideboards, you can't really tech, you can't really focus on trying to beat this one deck archetype because you leave yourself vulnerable for everything else. But if you're not prepared for monsters, they will blow you out. Straight up. Mm-hmm. And I guess the two the two most prominent builds, or three most prominent builds, are the Mono Water that uh, Max Williams played in Boston. And then you have your Monster Mash that's two or three colors. You can run one. It's Wind, Water, Earth, or just Wind, Water. <clears throat> so... Both of these decks, are, they make it very hard to interact because, you know, you you swing out. You, they just have all these monsters that have now become forwards. Or, you know, their summons think, you know, your summons become kind of effective. If you can't interact on their turn, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah. I mean, so the mono water one is pretty typical to, like, your traditional mono water build. Mm-hmm. Where you're just going to build up a bunch of stuff and... Play Cognazzo and mm-hmm. in the game, uh, and then on, like while you're building up, you, it's really hard for you to interact with backups and monsters. So you're mm-hmm. just building water characters up, and yep. you have Lena to like recycle things back in. Mm-hmm. The new Porum is just stupid sh- straight card draw, pretty much. Um, yeah, and then you got like the Wind Water one, which is more like uh, they're gonna play monsters because they're hard to deal with, and then just eat you up with summons that normally. Wouldn't be great in certain decks, but because it's a monster deck, yeah, like cards like Famfrit, Famfrit, Veil Four, mm-hmm. um, become basically like board wipes at that yeah. point. 
Um, and then cards like Yen and Death Gaze just being harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of a lot of things just don't have monster destruction, and if they do, it's like one or two ofs in their deck. Right. Uh, but I mean, yeah, if you can hit those and deal with a really key monster in a certain situation, it can be pretty bad. But the problem is, like, all those decks are running ways to recycle things a lot mm-hmm. of times. Because yeah, you have, like, Fisher now, and you mm-hmm. have Gao. Uh, Realm just is basically card draw, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. She might be, like, the best card in the deck now. It's crazy. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and, you know, then you have, like, the more Earth one, where you just you run Chantoto at that point as, like, another an extra board clear. Uh, you get access to a few more, like, EX Burst stuff. Yeah, like Mustadio and Six Drop Atmos. Like, no. And sometimes that deck just outpaces you. And it's such a good... Like, to me, that that's about the closest thing to, like, a like magic-style control deck because you've just got things that they can't interact with. And every time you play something, oh, they're just removing your stuff. Like, you just, it's, it's hard for you to get anything going. Does that mean they're unbeatable? No, because sometimes those decks stumble. Sometimes they don't draw the pieces they need. Sometimes you have an answer. Oh, they got that Cobalt Droid. Ah, well, here, here's a here's a two drop that you can't get rid of. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's yeah, it's 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 tough because like like you said, there it's just like a lot of things you can't really mess with. You can't interact with what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they're going to take early damage to set up and then just kill you. And if you overextend, you get Shantotoed. And if you don't put too much stuff on the board, then you have to worry about other things. And it's like there's just a lot of things they can do. Yeah. But a lot of their stuff that they want to do is pretty high cost. So, mm-hmm. and, and the decks, the monster decks, aren't really that easy to pilot. They, uh, they do have you, you do have to play slower. You do have to play again a more reactive game. You just can't slam your monsters down and just you know like that's why you know we don't have it higher on the list because that deck you know you really do need cards in your hand for that deck to be effective. And mono, if Mono Ice strips all your cards, eh, you're probably not going to win because you need to build backups. You need to be able to play your monsters and have the mana to activate those monsters, um, which is kind of funny. You know, the first card you would think of would be something like Emperor. Mm-hmm. No, nah, those monster decks don't even worry about Emperor. There's so many ways to deal with him now that they drop. It's like okay. Yeah, I'll say the the water deck is the straight water deck is the most susceptible to Emperor because mm-hmm. they're going to run Cleons, mm-hmm. so they're not going to have summons to deal with Emperor. Uh, and even if they did, it would be just bump them back here in. Right. Um, so they rely heavily on Cognazzo to kill him. And uh, Cloud of Darkness. Uh, uh, Cloud of Darkness. Or just like a really bad, like if they block with Emperor and then drop one of those on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise, it's, they're not really dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the one that Emperor probably hurts the most. But the other one, they don't even care. Because you play Emperor, they're probably going to use one of their 17 summons. Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> and, and, him, so. and there's nothing they can do about it. Um, but I think you know one of the new cards that really makes that that makes that deck better, other than Death Gaze, is a uh, Schrodinger. Yeah, that card's good. He's that good. Card is really um, good. There is a little bit of like RNG to him because you don't exactly know what you're going to get off oh, yeah. of it. Uh, but the fact that you have Realm to turn him into a seven K is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's a bit better in the Mono Water build, mm-hmm. um, just because you can play him and then he sits there. He still counts for Cognazzo. Yeah. Uh, whereas in like the other one, you're not running Cognazzo in those builds, so he's not as good. But he still deserves yeah. thought to put in there. Yeah, he, and he's also he, you know, at that point, he just says give Gal plus a thousand. Yeah, so. worth he's giving Gal a thousand power. Yeah, exactly. So then after that, up now we have Mono Earth, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yep. Yeah, and Mono Earth is you know another just big dumb mid rangey kind of deck. Um, they have a lot of EX bursts. They have a lot of protection for their guys. And Opus Opus Five gave them a lot of really new powerful cards. Uh, Star Sybil, 
Gravitron, uh, the new Yang, I think is insane. Um, Wall, Ingus, like there, you you can now have these board states to where it's like cool. Here's Light Warrior of Light. Here's Wall. Here's Ingus. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Or here's Big Yang. Here's Guy. Here's three backups. Here's you know. And you're sitting on Titans, Carbuncle. Carbuncle's another, not Carbuncle, uh, Cockatrice. Uh, Carbuncle's really good too, but maybe not so much in Mono Earth because their guys are massive anyway. But mm-hmm. Cockatrice, oh, that card's really stupid. Um, so the deck just has a way to just power through games. You know, it'll take damage early, but it just has such staying power. Yeah, and then you got people now running like the Forge Chantoto from Opus 4. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a, just a board wipe. You have backup Shantoto to board wipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have like a lot, a lot of cool tricks now. Um, they they got a lot of cards in Opus Five. I think that really put them up because mm-hmm. uh, you have they made them just more consistent. Yep. Um, and then you're seeing Mono Earth decks now kind of go back to the basics. They're running, you know, you're seeing builds that have three Mustadios in it just for the EX burst. You're seeing runs that are running three uh, six mana Atmos because, again, just. The de- uh, it has uh, three Raubons, like anything that gives you this removal. Um, some of them are running Vincent Yuffie because, you know, in a, in a meta full of Mateus, turns out Vincent's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. If you think you're going to run into straight up break effects like <clears throat> Odin's and Mateus, uh, Vincent's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that yeah, like and like we said, Ice and Lightning are like the one and two. So. It's never a bad call. Yeah, against those two decks, you you should never feel bad about swinging with Vincent because like, oh, that's a nice Odin. Eh, you may kill my Yuffie, but eh, Vincent's still alive, so don't worry about it. So, yeah, Mono Earth is really good. Um, I think that that's a deck that has a lot of staying power. I don't know why a lot of people aren't on it. Maybe it's because Earth Ice. Maybe it's just because you get a lot of those advantages in Earth Ice, but you also get the the powerful synergies or the powerful card effects and abilities that ice has so they complement each other very well yeah it's just you have to like you have to win straight up with with earth mm-hmm. it's like, very fair yeah so like you like you have to get your your to a point where your board state is just favorable for you to start really like swinging through mm-hmm. whereas like ice doesn't care ice Wait. is like yeah dole that guy dole that guy uh, and then if you're playing like ice earth you still have the combat tricks that exactly. earth would have exactly um, and then yeah, with lightning you're just like break that guy, um, you know, mm-hmm. or you threaten like power reduction things like that. Exactly. Uh, Earth doesn't really have that. Earth is going to deal whatever damage it has. Like the, all those cards like Raubon and stuff, it's like really reliant on how, how big your forwards are. Mm-hmm. Except for like Atmos. Yeah. Because uh, it can just because like, even the Stadio is like requiring them to be dull. Mm-hmm. So that could also be bad if you run up against like the Earth matchup back at you. Yep. And they're not tapping. You mm-hmm. know. So, still strong though. Oh yeah. Then, uh, then after that, I believe we have Fire Ice. Yep. Which, um, you know how I feel about that. I think that's uh, I think that deck is really really good because it is an aggro deck, but it's not a aggro deck that's you know running weenies. You're running big guys that do stuff when they come in, but you're just being able to haste them out and take advantage of that early pressure. Um, the reason we have it, you know, kind of in the middle here is because it's a de- it's a deck that you can win. Without you know really seeing much of your opponent's deck, sometimes you just get out ahead. They can't catch up because you're stripping their hand with Lock and Genesis. Uh, sometimes you'll you know you'll play things like uh, Birdman or you'll play Sabin. You have Mateus, you have Shiva. You know you have you have all these cards now that can control the matchup. So no matter what they play, you don't care about it. At that point, you're swinging for three points a turn 
um, or you're just removing blockers with stuff like Red Mage and Ninja. So you play a very fast game, but sometimes you just, you know, like like I ran into in one of my matches at, uh, against Greg Cole in Boston. You swing with you know, that you know you drop that one guy, you haste it out, and they flip a uh, they flip a uh, Mustadio or they flip a uh, Atmos, and it's like, well, you spent almost your entire hand to start this pressure, but then you just get bopped by one EX burst off the top. So the deck is really good, but sometimes you overcommit without really overcommitting, and then you just get put behind. Yeah, it's hard. I think it's probably the best aggressive deck in the game right now, mm-hmm. only because, and I think in order to play a really good aggressive deck in the game, you have to have a way to control like what they're doing on their side of the board mm-hmm. as well as put damage in. Because early damage, some decks don't care. <coughs> so like when you're playing like some fast like wind crap, mm-hmm. and like you're you're hitting them, that's cool. Like, but you're, it's going to be hard for you to get the rest of the damage in. But if you play cards like Genesis, like Luck. Where you're also depleting resources mm-hmm. while dealing damage, it becomes harder, and they have to react and play differently. Um, and then you're also playing guys that are just big enough to block. Like, yeah, that 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 two man that that two mana four K Tifa with haste was great for the first couple turns, but now you can't get over this eight K. Now you can't get you can't get over the seven K now without party attacking. Yeah. And then at that point, they're just gonna dull stuff down or. Yeah, I'll block that 8k party attack and I'll kill both of them for my one save and I'll take that trade every time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say probably if there was anything I could compare this to as far as like how good it is as an aggressive deck because of what it does, it's probably like Golbez, I yeah. guess. Um, because Golbez is an aggressive deck too. At least the uh, strongest sword one. Yeah, and I'd put Golbez probably right here on this list as far as but right around here because Golbez is another one that when it hits, it hits. Well, the problem is like when when ice is good and if water is anywhere in the meta like Leviathan five drop Yuna that's just a nightmare for Golbez Dolly freezing is not good yeah for Golbez so I mean you can't can't strong a sword if you're dulled and frozen exactly and uh, you know just one Leviathan is all it takes just you know in response to Delita coming into play or them trying to break it with Kefka it's like all right, cool put it back into your hand and now they're set back so far because they spent so many resources playing that card in the first place. Yep. But uh, Golbez is another one of those decks. When it hits, you probably just lose. It yeah. just It's just the nature of the deck. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's very volatile. Yeah. Like I said, it depends. Like if, if the water deck that you're playing in also has what it needs, you just you, the Golbez deck just loses. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. So exactly. It, it's, That's why I don't like the deck, uh, Golbez, talking about Golbez, is because mm-hmm. there's just too many scenarios where it's like, I win or... I lose. Exactly. And there's like not much in between. Mm-hmm. So whereas Fire Ice, I win, but you can still actually play a slower game if you have to because you're running the six package, so you can play turn one backup if you don't have a haste, or you play that haste, then it's like turn two, alright, I'll you know, because you'll have a backup sage out. Cool, now I'll play a turn two setzer and then I'll get my then I'll get my banana sid. Then you'll start playing a slower game. Mm-hmm. And recently, um I, I, I took out Vaughn, which, you know, hurt to do because Vaughn's been really good for me. But I, I think putting Orphan in that top curve spot might actually be better. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about having these spell effects. Because also, I was only running one uh, Doom Train. That guy's a three of in my deck now. That card is just so good. And I've, I've gone down. I've, I've switched my summons around. I'm running two Mateus, one Shiva, two Belias, and three Doom Train. And that's with putting Orphan at the top of my curve because it goes back to what I was saying about having 
you know, spell effects on creatures is just, you know, that creature is just innately better than that spell by itself. Mm-hmm. And more times than not in the deck, if I have to slow it down, you know, I can get the freeze on Orphan because most of my, the only really fire forward, there's only two fire forwards that are really going to be on my board, and that's Birdman and Sabin. Mm-hmm. Everything else is ice forwards. So more times than not, you can get the freeze effect off, but sometimes you can just haste out Orphan, dull two guys down, swing through with your four forwards, and you're just going to win. Like, you know, you can haste out Orphan just like you hasted out Vaughn, and now you've got a 9 or 10k if you've got Duke Larg out. So now you've got a, you know, what what I'm trading with Vaughn is just making somebody unable to block or drawing a card, which can be helpful sometimes. But now I've got a 10k body that you can't Bahamut, you can't Phoenix. Guess what? You can Phoenix Vaughn. You can Bahamut him. You can get him out of the way with basic removal. Yeah. Orphan, not so much. Yeah, that's another key thing I think, too, with Orphan is that you can discard him for mana. Yeah, exactly, and that, that's the big thing. Is there as many times as Vaughn won me games? There were times where he just sat in my hand because he was just clunky because yeah. I couldn't do anything. And with I, him. I think that's an inherent issue with the card. Yeah, um, not that Vaughn's bad. No, I still think he's a fantastic card. It's just he's slow. Like mm-hmm. he, he gives you powerful things if he's allowed to swing, but um, in a matchup where two players are playing on the same like high level, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for you to find like a spot to get him out. I mean, there are going to be times mm-hmm. where he's just going to win you the game. Yep. But you could say that about a lot of cards, to be honest. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, I think he's a good card. It's just, he's hard to play yeah. sometimes. He so. is. He is. And I think I'm going to try Orphan out for a while. If it turns out Orphan's not as good, I'll go right back to Vaughn, and I've lost nothing. But, uh, yeah, it's I, all I think, about testing. Yeah, and I, I, think, I just think inherently Orphan may be better in that top spot. Just because, yeah, I think he does more, and he does it immediately. Yep. Immediate but, um, value. Yeah, and that's what the deck is all about. Then I think after that we've got uh, we've got Windwater Standard Units. Uh, yeah, we can go to that one next. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> so Windwater Standard Units is a deck that, for some reason, no, nobody's playing it right now. The deck is still really good. It's because it did get a lot of like new, cool, fancy cards, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, like, you'd probably be playing a lot of the same old, same old stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a few new things that I think are pretty good. Uh, Orator. Yeah. I think that Orator. card is crazy. Excellent. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to have a build of it soon with Orator and Moogle Knight. Mm-hmm. I think are going to be what yeah, I'm going to try to run. Really good. Um, I, I mean, like, just Ranger's still good. Uh, you still have the old, like, rare Opus 1 Warrior of Light, mm-hmm. who can now become a standard unit thanks to Orator. Yep. Um, You've got, you know, Unichaos combos, still really good. Yep, still still very relevant. Oh, still, still running. Well, you got New Cloud of Darkness, which I think is really good, or Old Cloud of Darkness. I want to say, like, the deck is still really good. You ha- they, they, you have creatures that are hard to deal with. Yeah, I will say, maybe maybe the reason is uh, a lot more Shantoto. That's possible. Um, so they tend to put a lot of forwards on the board, and Shantoto can really set them back. Mm-hmm. But I think you just run, like, Thief... Yeah. Zidane, and you try to get the Shantotas before they're able to play them. You know, I mean, sometimes, yeah, sometimes they might get to play a really good one on you, and there's not much you can do about it, but I think you can do things to prevent that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just being able to, you know, being able to have a deck that, you know, where you have access to Thoughtseize and Duress-type cards, or sometimes that's all you need. You know, sometimes all it takes is that one Zidane to pluck that card out of your hand that you were really, you know, you were ready to play next turn for the blowout, and eh. Sometimes you just fold up, and the deck has a lot of answers, and the deck can, the deck can just cut on the jets really quick with just how big. What do you do against that twelve k ranger that you can't target with abilities? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough. I, I think the deck is still really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people will maybe start to come more around with it, but I think people are paying more attention to the higher up decks, and mm-hmm. as well as like trying to figure out how to beat those with other decks mm-hmm. that they're 
forgetting about this deck. Right. Um, so. And I also think down in this tier as well is uh, Mono Water, I believe that's what we have listed here. Yeah, and again, this is a little bit redundant because we have the Monsters, which is, I think, probably the superior Mono Water build. But mm-hmm. that's not to say that Mono Water is still not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ass Rassler is, like, really dumb. Yeah. Um, you play, like... I think, like, I mean, I played this for a little bit, testing up to Boston. Like, you play, like, turn one Merleweb, you get an Ash. You go turn two, Ash, and then play Rassler, and then it's like, have fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, de- the deck's good. I-, I think the problem, the reason we have it ranked so low is it's just slower than all of these the decks that are above it. Um, like, Mono Water has a hard time with Fire Ice. It has a hard time interacting with the monster decks. Ice just strips its hand down to nothing, and we, you know, Mono Water needs cards. Um, Mono Earth just can get bigger because the, in Opus Four, Mono Water was bigger than Mono Earth. Mm-hmm. Now Mono Earth is back to being bigger because now they have additional anthems. They have Ingus. They have you know a big ass card like Yang, and you know they, they yeah. and they have Wall to get people over that hump now. So earth is kind of regain re, you know regained its spot as just the big dumb deck i think it goes back to <clears throat> shantoto again yeah. um so mono water has to overextend mm-hmm. earth does not yeah mono water in order for it to get really big you got to have like ash you got to have Raphia. you need to have like um you know like steiner and crap like that mm-hmm. as well as your backup line has to be established for earth to be big it's like i got three backups i got yang i got ingus and wool yeah, and, and you're I'm, good. Or you just yang and wall. You're good. Yeah. Um, you don't really have to overcommit to get big. Whereas water has to like, <coughs> overcommit because they're pushing for like the Cognazo plan, right? Um, so they don't really have like a way to deal with Shantoto. Yeah, water cards just feel better when you're already ahead. Yeah, which could maybe maybe like uh, you do like a water with a wind splash. I think this is something I've been thinking about too. And mm-hmm. you run like Yastola. Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, yeah, because um, Yastola is a good card. Yeah, because I, I think Shantoto is really what holds that specific build of water back, mm-hmm. and which is why monsters are so good because you just play monsters and Shantoto can't do anything about that. Yeah, no, it's very very true. So. So, I mean, now, even though, you know, we've kind of gone down this list, um, was, there, was there one more on the list? Or was the deck so, I, I did have one thing that we didn't talk about. It's not a deck, but it's a card that I feel like we should mention, and that's Kamlanaut. Yeah. Um, is a card where he can make things really hard, like, almost like we were talking about Monsters and Ash. Like, if he lasts for a turn, it can be really awkward for your opponent to deal with, and because of just the sheer amount of decks right now that are mono, mm-hmm. um... He can just pick your your color and yeah, um, and then in Earth specifically you have like the Gabranth with Zodiac and you, you're always probably running this guy with at least Chaos mm-hmm. just to get something. Um, and he thins your deck and he makes your draws better. Mm-hmm. And he's a big guy. Yeah. So yeah, and he can be a nightmare for you know those mono lightning, those mono ice decks where it's just like cool. He's he's a guy that when they play that turn one Alua, you drop that guy. You don't. Um, yeah, unless they have the Al Cid right then and there, yeah, you don't care anymore. Yeah, a lot. I've seen a lot of times now where people are talking about you just play him turn one. Yeah, like why you, not? You just pitch the three cards, you drop them, mm-hmm. and you make them have like an immediate answer in their opening hand. Yeah, and if um, they don't, and if they don't, then he's you're gonna. Good. Yeah, it's gonna be hard, especially for Mono Lightning. I feel like you play that guy, they have to have Exodus at that point. If he switches colors, the, or they just have no answer for him. Mm-hmm. 
and then it lets you like do whatever else you want to do the rest of the game. So. Yeah, I think that card's real good, especially when you're running like you said. You know, you're using him to get chaos, especially if you're running multicolored decks. He makes your he makes mana. You know, anything that can enable mana fix fixing is really good. And then he enables the Zodiac Gabranth combo too, which is really really good. Yeah. Um, so I think I think he's really good. Um, and like I said, this this list isn't finite because I know a lot of people are still you know fooling around with Eldnarsh. Um, I think that card is really really good, and that's something I expect to see a lot more people playing. I know we uh, not so much we specifically, but I know Drew's been playing him, and like he's been like the kind of the finisher in his Palamemporum deck. Yeah. Um, and then there's variants to these decks. Like I think we need to also look at Mono Water, Mono Water Fasoya. That uh, yeah, Fasoya is kind making a comeback for sure. Which then brings other cards in it. So like I said, the game's really balanced. Mm-hmm. I think you can play a lot of things. Like I'm not like saying that these are the decks that you have to play. I'm saying these are the decks that you should be worried about. Oh yeah. So when you go to a tournament, you're going to see these. Yeah. You are going to see them. Um, because I mean, you could uh, you could build something that could deal with these decks that no one's thinking about. It's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you could blow them out the water, maybe. But you will see these no matter what. Yeah. This this these are the decks that when you go to a tournament. You're going to, you're going to have to the minute before you even see what your opponent's playing, you almost have to preemptively think, all right, is this going to be mono ice? Is this going to be mono earth? Is this going to be this? Is this going to be this? And when you see that first backup hit the hit the table, you got to be like, okay, now I need to know what my deck has against this, or what do I need to prepare for next? Do I need to prepare for a lua? Do I need to pre- prepare for, you know, do I need to think later in the game where I know they can Shantoto? Like, it, it, it becomes a, you know, it becomes a thought process of you knowing your deck and knowing your matchups. That's where, you know, reps in this game, playing and having a deck that you know and play favor can favor you more than, you know, maybe bouncing around to other decks. But, um... But yeah, like the meta meta's pretty pretty solid and I, I I do agree with you to kind of bring it back around to earlier. I think that Carbuncle deck, um, I think that's one that it's hard to play, so I don't think it'll you'll ever see a ton of people playing it at a tournament because it it is a higher level deck to play because there's so many lines and it's so reactive. Yeah. The only issue too is like I, I think that deck is really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like I like it a lot. Um, but then when you come to like these bigger tournaments where people are trying to qualify for nationals, um, even the stronger players are going to be like, okay, what can I play that's going to get me there? Not not like necessarily thinking of like, oh, what's going to just break the meta? It's more like, what can I play that I know how to play that's safe enough, mm-hmm. that won't lose me a lot of best of ones, uh, that can get me to the top cut and get me to the top four? Oh, absolutely. Um, and truth and, be told. I mean, that was that was the big reason why I didn't play the card ball today because... On paper, I feel like the deck's insane. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of things it can do. It's really hard to deal with. But at the same time, like if your goal is to get to top four, mm-hmm. one misstep with that deck can just like screw you. Oh, yeah. So it's hard. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the main reasons I play Fire Ice at these big tournaments because I feel like that's the type of deck that can prey on a best-of-one format. Because sometimes, like I said... Most of the time, I get there before really knowing what my opponent's deck is. And that's, again, that's just me saying that's just the reality. If you go back and look at 90% of the matchups I've had in the two tournaments with this deck, most of my wins were 7 damage to 1. Mm-hmm. Because I just get there before they can start playing cards. Or when they play cards, it's like, cool, that thing's dead, get it out of here. Or it's a non-factor. And 
just some decks mono ice can do that cool the only way i see your cards is making you pitch them out of your hand it doesn't matter there's nothing you can do mono lightning cool i've i've done four points of damage to you and it's already turned three or something you know these decks are powerful for a reason they are people are taking them to tournaments for a reason so be prepared for them that's really what we're saying especially you know they're the next two tournaments uh we're we're trying to go to kansas city i think i think we're pretty much in there now at this point yeah i don't want to like say 100 percent, but i've signed up yeah um, and I have also at, we're looking at flights. I know we said we weren't going to go, but we've kind of made it work. Where like, I think we're just going to make it a quick trip. We're yeah. just like there and back. Uh, yeah, the story of Bilbo Baggins. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the story of Bilbo Baggins. There uh, it is. We're doing it. But like, we've no. also found the name for this episode. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think that's uh, that's the plan is to hit that up because I, I think all of us want to qualify. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I think especially after Boston, man, like I was so close. I could well, taste, I, mean, it. I could this, taste it. I'm really hungry. Uh, I want, I want to, to I want get, get something there. out of this game, and I, I think no matter what, I'm going to be at nationals. Like oh, even yeah. if I don't make it, mm-hmm. um, so I'll but go to the last Kansas qualifier, and I'll be there for the side events and stuff. Yeah, but I'd love, I'd love to be in the main event. Um, oh yeah, it'd be, it'd be great if uh, all of us could make it. I think oh, it'd yeah. be pretty awesome. And then we've got Gen Con in August, and that's that's two more yeah. tournaments. And even before the Crystal Cup, we got the Zorn and Thorn Cup in uh, mm-hmm. pocket. Yeah, pocket. And then I know game. we've got a tournament at Battlegrounds too. And who knows what what's going to be in between that? You know, there could be other things you know yeah. on the horizon that you know maybe the stores are. Yeah. The main reason I want to go to Kansas City is because Gen Con is Opus Six, and I want to I want to try one more time with Opus Five. Yeah, I don't want to think about new cards. Yeah, like if. If Gen Con was Opus 5, I probably would be least, less likely to go to Kansas City, mm-hmm. to be honest. No, I agree. I agree with that. Just And what sucks is, um, it, I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing, because I believe one of the two tournaments is a, is a limited tournament. So I heard that one of the two tournaments at Gen Con is a sealed or draft yes. or something. Um, so I'm not sure which, um, and I'm not sure if that's even 100% fact. Yeah. And um, even if it is, that's cool, because with that being Opus 6, that'll be fine. But the the constructed part's gonna suck because it's like, all right, well, cool. Here's all these new cards that you're really gonna have to cram and test for. It'll be, it'll be like Ohio all over again. Granted, yes, I did very well at Ohio, but you know, really not having a chance to experiment with these new cards or a lot of time to play with these new cards can can hurt can hurt your chances because you you know you'll see something you weren't expecting or because you haven't had enough time to even think about expecting it. You know what I mean? But yeah, Kansas City's definitely on the radar first. You know, that's what we're gonna focus on, and that's. You know, a couple months away, so yeah, for yeah. Sure. I want to say it's a little over two months away, and that gives end, us end of, of time. June. Yeah. yeah, end of June. Yeah, catch the 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 Friday flight out and the Sunday flight back. We'll be it's the plan. Back before you know it. Yeah, we're going on an adventure. Yeah, gotta get back to the Shire, dude. That's right, gotta get back <laughs> to the Shire. Yes, uh, for second breakfast. Yeah, so I I think we'll wrap it up with that uh next week we're gonna be doing our episode from fredericksburg yeah so we're gonna go up to their weekly and then sit with those guys chat about their scene mm-hmm. the week after that i will be out of town for a friend's wedding so there's a chance oh, that yeah, might right. not going be to, going to milwaukee yeah there's a chance i might not be there might not be an episode that week but i'm not 100 percent sure yeah um, you know, so we're entitled to a week off every once in a while yeah so i guess with that we'll sign off yeah, thanks for listening as always. Um, you know, shout outs to everybody who, you know, who follows us, supports us, likes us. Um, you know, again, always be on the lookout for more content. Yeah, and I guess uh, just one quick more thing. Uh, we still want to do the Blitz Tech stuff, so if you have any decks that you want to send us, uh, feel free to send me on Twitter, which is at Chronos411. Send it to our Facebook page. Send it to Chris. Send it to me. It doesn't matter how you send it to us. Oh, yeah. um, and we'll take a look at it, and we can make more content 
you know, for people to enjoy. Which also, speaking of which, that also uh, jogged my memory, so we'll sign off after this, I promise. Uh, Ron actually sent us a deck that he'd like us to look oh, okay, over. Cool. So we've got our next one, but that d- don't deter you, please. If you got if you got if you got a pile of fifty cards that you want us to look at, send it our way. We'll you know we'll go over it, we'll review it, we'll come up with multiple ways to improve it, and uh, you know we'll talk about card choices. So you know please yeah, hit us up. Yep. So with that, uh, talk to you guys later. Toodaloo.